So yes, I have told my story before, but like she said, you know, a lot has happened since then. I know a lot of you people have not heard my story, so I wanted to kind of summarize real quick everything that has happened and then add on what has happened to me since then. So this is kind of like the Paul Harvey rest of the story. So, um, so I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis at the age of 16. CF is a genetic chronic terminal disease. And I am truly blessed because at the age of 16, the average living age was 13. And so, of course, imagine being that old and realizing, wow, I can die real young. So between that and the fact that uh, confirmation, you had to have your birth certificate, and I had not seen my birth certificate. That was right around the same time. Um, one of the guys I was doing confirmation with got a hold of my birth certificate and said, why, is, why does this say Jonna Kindle? And I'm like, what? I don't know. You know, everybody, I knew myself as Jonna Brock. Why does it say Jonna Kindle? So I took and looked at the birth certificate and it said Jonna Kindle, maiden name of my mom was Kitty Lou Kindle, and my father was unknown. So for 16 years, basically, I had called my dad that I thought was my dad, dad, and did not know my biological father. And they had chosen to hide that from me during that time. So between those two things happening, and, and believe me, I, I definitely was blessed. God knew what he was doing when he took my biological father away. So, um, so and I, I have not met him, but there's just some things I found out that I decided it was probably good I didn't meet him. So, so because of those two things, I kind of went a little wild and crazy, probably a little bit more than most teenagers did, and got into sex, drugs, and alcohol. And so I gave, I was kind of the black sheep of the family, gave my parents a lot of problems, still give some of my parents, or my, my parents and some of my friends a lot of problems, so, but believe me, I have cleaned up my act, don't do the sex, drugs, or alcohol anymore, and um, I just decided, you know, I need to get better and find something that I commit to, and so, um, at the year 1985, I started as a hairdresser. I had gone to hairdressing school, and I was able to work my way up as a manager of a local store to franchise supervisor and eventually to vice president of Snip and Clip haircut shops. I think there, there were at least three that I know I opened up here in Topeka. So, and there's not very many, very many more of them open right now, but. So I was able to travel the United States, loved doing that. I had a lot of fun, but I didn't get to have relationships with a lot of people because I was from city to city to city and meeting a lot of new people, but not really having like committed relationships with boys or friends. So, um, and then in 1991, I, I had been dating a guy for about a year before I came to um, Kansas City. I moved to Overland Park when I became the franchise supervisor. And I had been dating him for about a year 
and um, he decided that he wanted to get married. And so I said, okay, I'm 27 years old. I probably need to get married. And so I decided to go ahead and get married to him. But unfortunately, because I was traveling all the time, I didn't see who he truly was till I started living with him. So I got married to him, saw him and his true self. He was an alcoholic, and although he didn't physically abuse me, he verbally abused me. So within eight months, I was annulled and stayed there in the liberal area where I'm from, liberal Kansas. And again, got into, I was selling insurance, I was manager of a pizza hut for quite a while, and just, I didn't really like any of that. I mean, it was, it was a job, it was okay pay, but I wanted something different. And so between all the visits to Oklahoma City, because I had to go to Oklahoma City for my cystic fibrosis and meeting the respiratory therapist and nurses and, and realizing, you know, how blessed I truly was, because again, with cystic fibrosis, it, it's a terrible disease. It basically, mucus builds up in your body and a lot of people that die, they die from the mucus basically flooding your lungs. Um, and there's actually a movie that was put out about five feet apart um, that was pretty popular where it really explained that story of why we had to stay five feet apart from other CF patients and things like that. So it just put in my heart, well, what better way to help myself and help others, but to become a respiratory therapist. So in 94, um, I got my prerequisites out of the way. In 95, I went to college there in my hometown to a, a community college and um, became a respiratory therapist. We had two years that we had to take and then a summer clinicals. And that's where I met my best friend, Judy Webb. So she may not always claim me, but she stuck with me. So, and, um, so anyhow, we have been friends for 28 years. And um, so then after that, I lived in Garden City for a while, then moved from Garden City to Arlington, Texas area, and met another guy. I, again, he was a drinker, didn't realize how bad he was until I actually married him. But he, this time I dated him for three years before I got married. And um, again, everything was going well. He, um, it, he drank occasionally, but not as bad as he did towards the end. He was a, he worked on big printers and he was working for Xerox and he had been with them for 19 years and he got let go. So instead of searching for a better job or his best friend even offered that if you'll get into the pool business and stay in there for a year, then we'll start a pool company together. He just basically went off the deep end. He started blaming everybody but himself for losing his job, started drinking from sunup to sundown tried to um, die by suicide twice. Um, he tried to get out of paying child support from his first wife by running to Mexico. And it didn't matter what I said, but finally I, got, I told his mom and she talked him out of it. 
And then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I was basically working two to three jobs to support him because he was going job to job to job and not holding a steady job because he was drinking. So unfortunately, it continued to get worse. Um, he got to the point where he was, it's almost like the devil was inside of him. He started um, like saying bad things to me. He, again, he never hit me at the time, but he was just saying bad things to me and not being responsible and things like that. So towards the end, he actually ended up trying to kill me and trying to burn down our house. So because he had never, he went to uh, jail and uh, I filed a protective order against him. Because he had never done this before and because it was kind of based because of alcohol, um, the lawyer wanted me to drop the charges. And I said, well, the only way I'm gonna drop the charges is if he'll go to rehab, which in Texas, they had a rehab that you could do for 90 days. And um, if you finished it, then they would drop the charges. So I said, that's the only way I'll drop the charges. And he said, no. And that's because um, he, I tried to get him in rehab and I think he was only in there for a week. So basically I wasted my money. They just had him drugged up the whole time where he was numb. And um, he said, no, I don't wanna do that again. So I, I said, okay, well, I guess you're going to prison. So because he was in prison, I didn't wanna be there when he got out. So the house was sold, and he, we had already agreed on a divorce before all that happened. The house was sold, and my friend Judy told me, why don't you come to Topeka? We're not living here yet, but when we get there, you know, we'll be there for you, and you know, we can uh, be together. But until then, Brooke <laughs> got stuck with me. So, but... Um, Brooke, even though she didn't know me very well, she took me in as if I was a relative, and she's the one that introduced me to Topeka Bible Church. So I was definitely blessed with that. Um, so I moved here in 2014. Um, in 2015, I lost my mom to autoimmune liver disease. And um, during that time, I was working for Aflac, and so I was able to set my own hour. So I was able to be with her for, I think it was about a week, week and a half that she was in the hospital at Wesley in Wichita. Um, and there's some things that I regret about not doing or doing during that time. And I'll, I'll get to one of those um, in, a little bit later, but I was happy that I was able to be there with her and we were able to, when, when they said there's nothing else we can do, she can't do a liver transplant, we decided to take her home. And so the family took turns being with her in an assisted care facility. And within, I think it was five days after we took her home, she passed on. And luckily I was there with her, but like I said, our family took turns so that she wasn't alone during that time. So, between all of that going on, I think that was right after, I think it was 2016 that I actually told my story the last time. Um, and I don't remember, I think it was before I told my story. So in 2016, I also decided I wanted to get baptized again. And in the Lutheran church, 
it's basically a sin to get baptized again. You're baptized once and that's it. So kind of got some flack about that. But I, um, I had always had a Bible verse that I really liked, but I didn't know where it was. And because of communion, I don't know if any of you guys, I'm sure a lot of you guys have done that, where you have to fill out that sheet and tell a little bit about yourself and what, you, what your favorite Bible verse is and why. Well, when I was looking to find my favorite Bible verse, I saw that it was Philippians 4.13. My birthday is April 13th. So God put that on my heart a long time ago, even though I didn't know where it was. So I, I wear that loud and proud that God gave me that Bible verse. And little did I know I was going to need that. I was going to have to refer back to that. So... Um, in 2018, I was blessed again to be able to get involved with um, not only Mercy Meals, but the funeral meals. I met wonderful, wonderful people, Butch and Vicki Haverkamp, and we have become great friends, so I love helping them with whatever they have going on. So, um, And then in December 2019, I was hospitalized for five days with respiratory issues. I had actually been sick for about two months, I think, and they finally, Brooke and Judy both said, you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> so I went to the hospital. Again, as you guys know, in November, December, they're very busy. Um, I wasn't getting my medications on time. They couldn't figure out what was going on. I had a bronchoscopy. Nothing was working. I'm like, I can take better care of myself at home. So New Year's Eve. I went ahead and left the hospital. Um, 2020, of course, brought COVID. And I had been working for a company where I would go out into the homes and teach and um, tell people about their asthma and their COPD and do home assessments because a lot of times when you have breathing problems, it's your part of your home can be causing those breathing problems. So I was again traveling all over Kansas and Missouri and Nebraska, and it was, it was part-time, so it wasn't full-time, but still that came to a halt. They still kept me on for about a year and a half, two years, where I was able to make a little bit of money just doing training. But between that and the panic that the news media put out there, you know, I have cystic fibrosis, I have diabetes. If I get sick, I'm not ever going to be able to go. I might as well not go to the hospital because they're not going to put me on a ventilator. They're not. They're going to say, no, you're 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 done. Sorry. So I went into panic mode. I had fear. I had anxiety. I had depression. I was just like, in, you know, I've lived with cystic fibrosis for most of my life and I never felt that bad. So I was just like, oh, my gosh, God, please help me through this. And so and around that time, I also got involved with Life Church. They had a what they called a chronic illness group, and it was an online group that this lady um, that she managed because she had epilepsy, and I guess come to find out she had diabetes too. And she was also a researcher at KU, and she said, "This is just too much for me with my health problems. I can't do it anymore." 
So I said, you know what? I, I formed a strong bond with these girls. I hate that we don't have any place to go, so I'll take it over. So not only did that help me, but I've been told, and I've got two of my wellness warriors here, that's the first thing I did is change it from chronic illness group to wellness warriors group. So I've got two of my wellness warriors here, and we have formed a, a, a good friendship for several years. Now we've had a good friendship. And so that helped me. It gave me a purpose again. It helped me realize that, you know, there are people out there that are way worse than me as far as my anxiety, my depression, and how can I work with this and make it better? So that was a blessing to be able to have that come at the right time, and it, it definitely helped me with my anxiety and depression. Um, April 2020 is when I took over the chronic illness group. September 2020, I got a cancer diagnosis, and um, it was colon cancer. On the way back from that cancer diagnosis, um, again, you know, I, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? I already have all these other diseases. Now I've got cancer. What's gonna happen? On the way home from that, um, from that trip, it had not rained for weeks in Topeka or Kansas City, and there's a big rainbow. And um, let me see. And you can't truly, I mean, the picture doesn't do it justice, but we could definitely see colors. Judy was with me. She had, she had taken me for that trip. And you could definitely see colors through there, but this doesn't give it justice. But it was definitely a rainbow. So I was like, God is telling me it's going to be okay. So then, and I, oh, so I had to have surgery in October 2020. They were going to try to cut it out. And um, when they went in there to do the surgery, they realized it had metastasized. And so now I had stage three colon cancer. And I was going to have to do chemo. Um, chemotherapy was planned December 21st of 2020. My dad and my brother both got COVID in Liberal, Kansas, November 20th of 2020. Again, my, my brother did okay. He was, you know, oh, like flu-like symptoms. My dad, unfortunately, had to go to the hospital there in Liberal. He was there for about 14, 15 days and just continued to get worse. His kidneys started shutting down, and he had to be transferred to KU. And around that time, it was hard to find hospitals to allow transfers because they were packed for, full of people, so it was very hard. Luckily, within a day, KU said we can take him because they were looking at Texas. They were looking at Colorado. You know, they were looking all over, and they said, KU can take him. So my um, two blessings amongst that, my brother was able to be there because he had had a COVID the same time as dad. He was able to be there at three in the morning and tell dad what the plan was and make sure dad agreed to it. Dad was actually lucid, so he understood what was going on. And so he said, yes, that's what I want to do. 
So they flew him out at 3 in the morning. He went to KU. At some point in time, he just um, he was having problems with the dialysis where his blood pressure would get really bad. And so they would try to lower the dialysis, and then he'd start having problems. But at some point in time, the doctor said, we can't do anything else for him. And so uh, he had been COVID-free. They had been testing him. He had been COVID-free. So another blessing out of that is I was able to gown up like the nurses and doctors, and I was able to be there to tell him, we've done, you know, they've done all they can do. Do you want to go home? And he, again, was lucid enough that he understood, and he said yes. Because my mom or dad, neither one, wanted to be kept alive on machines. So he said yes. And I said, Dad, when I say, do you want to go home, that doesn't mean just go home to liberal. That means you're probably going to die and go home to mom, go home to heaven. I said, is that what you want? Because they're saying you're too weak to travel. And he said, yes. So I was able to get my brother on, on the phone video. And I said, Dad, I said, Mike's here. I said, please tell him what, what you told me. Do you want to go home to heaven and see Mom? And he said, yes. So my brother was able to come from liberal that night. And we spent that night and one other night. And then the next morning, Tom and Judy came to visit. And um, he had stopped breathing, I want to say the day before, but then he, or I thought he had stopped breathing the day before, but then he kind of came to again. And um, so I was there, my brother was there, Tom and Judy had just left, and so I decided, because I had spent the night with him, I decided I was going to go take a shower at our hotel, and I get halfway across town, and Mike calls and says he's gone. So I think he was just waiting for me to leave, and then he says, okay, I'm going now. She's out of there, so I'm going. Because um, my brother believes that, too. He said he felt guilty because you were there when Mom died, so he didn't want you to be there by yourself when he died, so he waited for you to leave. So. So anyhow, we were, again, able to be with him when he passed. Um, I, unfortunately, did not start chemo December 20th like I was supposed to. I helped with, you know, funeral arrangements and all of that and started my chemo January 7th of 2021. The blessing out of that is I had always tried to exercise, but it's hard to get in that habit. One of the first things they told me when I, had to, when I got the cancer and had to do the chemo is, we need you to keep a positive attitude, we need you to exercise, we need you to eat right. Well, two out of three isn't too bad. <laughs> I exercised and I kept a positive attitude. And I now have muscles that I've never had. Um, I have muscles in my legs. I always used to be called bird legs. I have muscles in my legs, muscles in my arms now. So, so that was a blessing. Um, so the reason I wear my mask, and I know there's controversy about that, is like if you truly trust in the Lord, why, why do you wear your mask? Well, it's kind of like the joke of the lady that is like, Dear Lord Jesus, please let me win the, the lottery. 
every night for about a month. She's like, dear Lord Jesus, please let me win the lottery. Finally, God said, give me a break. Go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> so I just believe that, yes, God's protecting me, but I think I can do a part of it and try to protect myself, too. So that's why um, I have multiple conditions in addition to my cystic fibrosis. I can't have children, even though even at 58 years old, people think I'm pregnant because I have skinny arms and skinny legs. And just this last year, somebody asked me when I was having my baby, when I was due. And I said, I don't know. That thing's been in there for about 15 months now. I don't know when it's coming out. So I, it's better than they're like, oh, my God, I am so sorry I said that. So they just kind of laugh with me. Um, so I have um, cystic fibrosis, diabetes. I've been diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis, fatty liver disease, Meniere's disease, and recent colon issues. I, on my last checkup for my colon, there, they did take some benign um, spots off, but there is a spot right here that is unknown that they can't get to. They couldn't do a biopsy on, and that's where I've hurt recently. So I'm just, again, trusting in the Lord that he will get me through, and maybe I'll be back a third time to tell a testimony. Um, because he has, he truly has blessed me in so many ways. And so I know that he is there for me. He sends me signs all the time uh, that he's there, not only the, the uh, rainbow, but also, you know, like I said, I can do all things in Christ, Philippians 4.13. That's my birthday. And then I always see signs also from my parents, cardinals, um, are around my house a lot of times, and I know some people believe, some people don't, but I definitely believe that my parents are watching over me. Um, he also um, has gotten me through so much, um, and so I encourage you, you, no matter what you're going through, that you always hold on to hope, because I've been through a lot. I will continue to go through a lot with my cystic fibrosis, Every, <laughs> I hate to go to the doctor sometimes because every time they're like, well, now you have this and now you have this. But the blessing in that is, remember I told you the average living age when I got diagnosed was 13? This year they just raised the average living age for cystic fibrosis to 50. And I am now 58. So thanks to God, thanks to the research that the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation does and the medications that they develop, the CF patients are living longer and longer. So thank you for your time. <laughs>